0: and his wife, they take recordings, and anything that's said, we can go right back to these recordings and see just exactly what it was and what was said. And in this, this man had been blind for years, and he was led to the platform by two men. And the Holy Spirit began to reveal his life and told him what he had did in his life. And then it told him that uh, that he was not a Christian and never made a confession. And he began weeping, and he said that was right. And he accepted Christ as his personal Savior, laid hands over his eyes, and asked our dear Lord Jesus to heal him. And when I tucked her uh, hands down, he had normal sight. He was well. And a little after that, I looked coming across the platform or above the people's heads between the balcony and uh, the main uh, floor, and going across there came a wheelchair, a young lady sitting in it, going across, and she kept getting older when she got about a middle-aged woman while she got up and walked away. Well, I announced that. Now, that's a vision. That has to happen. No matter, there isn't enough devils in hell to stop it. It's got to happen. You just mark it down every time and see if it is isn't that way. I said, there's someone here that's in a wheelchair. And she uh, was crippled since a young lady. And she is now healed. Or thus saith the Lord, stand up. No one got up. Well, I thought that is strange. Well, I thought could I have been mistaken. I said, call the next person somewhere and come up. But the Holy Spirit wouldn't speak to that person for a vision. It turned me around again, and here come the lady again. Right across is a wheelchair rolling itself. Just a vision coming right across the top of the heads of the people. Once she got along middle age, it stopped, She got up and went away. Well, I looked around. I seen wheelchairs, but I couldn't see that woman. Now to looked sitting right down here. And there she was, but I couldn't see the wheelchair. There's too so many people standing around. They turned away many thousand people that night. They said from the auditorium, they couldn't get the seating. So. I said, here's the lady, but I don't see the wheelchair. When they moved back, there was a the wheelchair. She hadn't had her feet on the floor for 34 years. She was strict with multiple cirrhosis. Her legs was withered up. And she was sitting there. I said, my sister, it's thus saith the Lord. Stand on your feet. Jesus Christ has healed you. Catholic by faith, I think. So she she tried to move like that, and she couldn't move. I said, someone just touch her by the arm. But so when they started to touch her, up she got. Her. There she went. Her mouth opened, tears running down, her cheeks screaming to the praises of God. About an hour later, she was out on the terrace. Someone said, don't you want to take your wheelchair home with you? She said, no, give it to somebody who needs it. I don't need it anymore. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if I'm not mistaken, Brother edward was there that night. Is that right? Brother Edward, Brother Woods, and maybe many more that was here. Now, what he was saying about, then Jesus came, see. And a little something that no one knows about this. I wonder why that was. I might as well tell you. See, I've been kind of a little funny about women creatures. <laughs> I, I just, uh, that This part hasn't come out yet, I guess. Uh, I, no, I, that's all right now. If the Lord told you to do it, that's, I just can't clear it up in the Word or in my mind. Maybe, maybe it's me that's thick headed and I can't get it. But you know what? I believe I'm going to have one of my own family. <laughs> my daughter. <laughs> that wouldn't be something for my theology, wouldn't it? <laughs>
1: How <laughs> Brother Moore
0: and I have combed that thing through the scriptures and I've got a little girl here some time ago at Hammond, Indiana with many of you here perhaps was at the Hammond meeting oh what a marvelous meeting thousands were seeing, and uh, Fred Astaire from here at the west coast his dancing partner become a dope addict and had married and separated, and she was brought to the platform, and the Holy Ghost exposed her right there and told her what she was doing. Her father raised up to resent it and said, That's wrong. And she said, Just a minute, Daddy. That is the truth. The law is looking for me now. See? And she was, she was uh, uh, exposed some way. I forget how it was. Anyhow, there was a, uh, another uh, alcoholic there, and she had been uh, healed. The Holy Spirit called her out of the balcony. But anyhow, this little dope addict had, had been taken dope or something was spread stairs dancing partner, and she had been uh, hooked up in dope or something, and anyhow, the Lord exposed the thing, and the girl repented and gave her life to God, and I understand that she's doing just fine from another girl that gave a testimony the other night up there. And in this great uh, meeting, I was going out one night, and it was taking me down the street, and I could hear somebody crying, and they're sitting in the back seat my little girl of eight years old, little Rebecca, and she's very spiritual. At home, when people are talking about the gospel, she'll be in the other room listening to the door. She can ask me questions that I can't answer. So, just eight years old. And when I went, I heard her crying. I said, what's the matter, darling? She said, Daddy, tonight when you were leaving, you said for everybody raise up their hands that want to be healed. And said, some poor old woman way back there, Daddy, she couldn't get up out of the stretcher. She holding her hands up. She said, you couldn't see it. I said, it didn't make a difference where I seen it, it's Jesus saw it. And she said, I know, Daddy, but she wanted you to see it. And she just cried. We couldn't hardly get her to go to sleep that night. And the next night... Just as I walked to the platform and there had two or three people on platform, I felt something moving me. I looked around. There's an old lady It told her how long she'd been crippled with arthritis and where she'd been brought from, how she'd been in this rolling wheel uh, cart, not a chair she had to lay flat. And the uh, Holy Spirit told her, stand on her feet, and she was healed. And when she did, little Rebecca was sitting behind her praying for her. <laughs> That's what I'd done it. And this girl that was healed the other night, I didn't know Rebecca was there because I couldn't even see it. But she said, Daddy, when you call he when you call those prayer cards, she commenced to cry and said she did, her number wasn't called. And little Rebecca was sitting right in behind the chair. I believe that's right, Sister Woods. You know, she's sitting right in behind the chair, back there praying that God would help this poor girl, and there she has come across and she was healed right there. Looks like I'm gonna have a woman preacher sure in the world in the family. <laughs> there it is. All right. <laughs> Everybody, I hope. Uh, Feeling good with me this afternoon, I just uh, kind of letting on you know from the strain and I want to speak to you a few minutes now from the word. In Joel, the first chapter, you who mark down the verses and so forth, I wish to read some out of the first and second chapter of Joel. The word of the Lord came unto Joel. Hear this ye, old men. Give ear, ye inhabitants of the land. Has this been in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell ye your children of it, and let them... Let your children tell their children and another generation. That which the palmer worm has left has the locust eaten. That which the locust has left has the caterpillar eaten. That which the caterpillar has left has the canker worm eaten. And then in the, the 12th, 11th and 12th verses, we read this. Be ashamed, O you husband, how, O you vineyard, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished, the vine is dried up, and the tree languished. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree, also, and the apple tree, and every tree of the field, is withered, because the way of the sons of man. Now, in the second chapter of Joel, in the twenty-fifth verse, we read this: "And I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten, and the worm, and the palmer worm." And all my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and shall be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And may the Lord add his blessings to the word. Now, our uh, text this afternoon is, I will restore unto you, saith the Lord. And now, this great Prophecy was given by Joel, the anointed of the Lord, and take my about 45 minutes. And so it was given to the prophet Joel, and he, God was enlightening his uh, heritage as a tree or a vine. It's marvelous to see how our heavenly Father teaches us in parables, and uh, that's about the way that I can understand it is parables and types, and I'm a typologist myself, like the, if I see what the Old Testament was, I have some conception of what it's going to be in the New Testament, for it was all shadows and types. If I can see what was then, I can see an idea of what it will be now. In other words, if I'd never seen a human being or myself, and i have seen my shadow, I'd have some conception know what I would look like by my shadow, therefore reading the Old Testament is a shadow of the new. And all those things were shadows and types of this day that we're living in now. And we see God teaching them as a tree. Israel was usually considered an olive tree in <coughs> the scriptures. And God's tree. And I believe in Ezekiel, he gave the both the wild tree and the pain tree. And how that through the center pipe, the oil was coming from both trees into one candlestick. Now then in order to get the basis of this for a few minutes, I believe that everything that is now began in Genesis. The word Genesis is the beginning and every cult that we have on the face of the earth today began in Genesis. Everything that we have today started in Genesis. It's the beginning of otherwise known as the seed chapter of the Bible, where the beginning originated. When God, way back, before there was a star in heaven, before there was even light in the skies, that's as far as our little minds could take us. God was there all that great space of eternity to eternity. God was setting back in eternity. Then out of God came the Logos, which we'd say like a little sacred light that moved out of that darkness or out of that eternity as a child playing before the Father's house. And in his infant mind, he had uh, seen what would be at the end from the beginning that he was then. And then he spoke and said, Let there be an atom split yonder in the sky somewhere, and the sun came into existence. After a hundred billions of years a sprinkler flew off of it with the star and we watched as falling. It fell for several million years and he stopped it. Another one fell, he stopped it. What's he doing? He's writing his first Bible. We've had three Bibles written. One of them is in the heavens above, the Zodiac. Starts off with the Virgin, ends up with Leo the Lion, the first coming and the second coming of the Lord Jesus down through the different ages. Then we find that they're equal on and put it in the pyramids. The third is put on paper. Everything in the Word travels in a trinity. There's three comings of Christ. He came first to redeem his bride. He comes second to receive his bride. He comes the third time with his bride. There is everything in a trinity moving in the Bible. The threes, the threes, and one. Notice, then when God, after making all the, the stars and the heavenly planets Then I can see this Logos go out over the world, bring it over here around the sun and begin to turn it around. Great ice gorges come down from the north and cut out Southern California and Texas and made the plains. And the world, as it was coming to existence now, is all melted in water and we're in Genesis 1 now. God then began to separate the water from the earth and in there he began to plant the seed. Of everything that's on the earth today can come up out of Genesis. For instance, the Catholic Church, it appears in Genesis. Now to you, my Catholic friends, shove hands with one coming in just a few moments ago. I'm not saying this is a slam to your church. Just a minute till we get through with the Protestants, and you'll find out whether we are or not. Notice. Now, but in there, the Catholic Church come into existence in the book of Genesis. Nimrod established the first Catholic Church, which is the first... A church, it was called the Gates of Heaven or Paradise first, Babylon, and then was later called Confusion. But Nimrod, the son of Ham, established the, the uh, Babylonian kingdom, and in there, idol worship was set up for the first time. He went out and got other cities, and they paid tribute to ba- Babylon, just the very picture of the thing today, perfectly. Now, Babylon appears in the first of the Bible, Genesis. Bible, Babylon appears in the center of the Bible again. Babylon appears in Revelations at the end of the age. See, starts in Genesis, comes to the Bible, goes over into Revelation. All things beginning, cults began. The church of God began in Genesis. you believe that? Notice closely now, as we go into it now, Now, the two that we want to deal with today, uh, here is my conception that when God made man in his own image, he made him spirit man, of course, because God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Then he made man out of the dust of the earth. That's where I think botanists and so forth get their chronologists and gets all scrupled up when they realize that man in his five senses to contact his earthly home is in the image of beast, not in the image of God. Man made in God's image was spirit man. And then there was no man to till the soil, and he put man in the image of beast life. He might give him a hand like a monkey, a foot like a bear, but the difference between the animal and the man, he made him a soul, a living soul, because the Spirit of God was in the man. And then the only way that God could redeem the man, then God came down and was made flesh to redeem the man that he had condemned in the flesh. That's when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was made flesh and dwelled among us. I can see Adam and Eve. One of the most outstanding pictures I can think of is this. My audience this afternoon, you listen. When I can see Adam and Eve, I've seen pictures of artists, the Greek artists, paint Eve's picture of the most horrible-looking beast, and Adam looked like some I-don't-know-what. That's a wrong conception. Absolutely. Adam was a strong, fine, handsome-looking man, and Eve was one of the most beautiful women the earth's ever seen. I can see him sitting there after God woke him up and see him sitting there by her side, her beautiful figure, her uh, beautiful hair hanging down, her eyes as blue as sparkle like the stars of heaven. She never had to wear any of this, your manicure or what you put on your lips and things like that. She was pretty to begin with. That's right. Sins what put that on there. <laughs> if it was in there originally, it wouldn't have to have it. It's just too bad. Now, remember, in this pulpit, I'm your friend, but in here, I have to be God's servant. It's just too bad that you Pentecostal people let down the bars along them lines there. That's right. That's exactly right. It's true. It, someone asked that not long ago, and some preacher said to me, he said, but you see, Brother Branham, he said, the devil went out of fashion. I said, but he never went out of business. <laughs> He's still in the business. That's right. Yes, sir. If it was sin then, it's sin now. Listen, my sisters, I ain't saying this for jokes because I don't believe in joking in the pulpit, but there was only one woman in the Bible ever painted her face, and you don't paint your face to meet God, you paint your face to meet man. That's right. And only one woman ever painted her face, and that was Jezebel. Right. That's exactly right. Listen, you know what God did to her? He fed her to the dogs. So if you see a woman with a lot of pain on, calling herself a Christian, say good evening, Miss Dog Meat. That's exactly what God made out of her was dog meat. That's a Now, nah, Don't get up and go out, cause I know you're guilty. Let me tell you something, brother. What we need today is a good old time St. Paul's revival of the Bible, Holy Ghost back in the church. It's exactly what we need back in the old fashioned lines. You know that's true. What's the matter with the Pentecostal church today? We've lived too close to Hollywood. we got too much of Hollywood evangelism. And instead of the old-fashioned type, that digs down and cleans up and doils out. gets just man and women right with God. You know that's right. That's true. I'm, I'm just the old-fashioned kind that likes the old-fashioned religion. That's the way I got it down to be all somebody beating me in the back till I come through. That's what we need again today. And so much this God can repentance and put her name on the church book. That's right. Yes, sir. And there, but when, sitting back in that time, when I can see Eve in her beauty as she sat there, they didn't know what sin was. Then Adam looking at her, touching her flesh, he said, well, she's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. He took her by the arm, walking down through the garden. The winds blew, and she said, oh, dear, that wind. He said, Keith, the wind stopped. <laughs> Where is men man falling? She said, Oh, Adam, if this tree here was just sitting over here, wouldn't it look much prettier? Be thou plucked up and cast over here. And it did it. The second Adam proved it could be done. Amen. That's right. He controlled all nature. It was given into Adam's hands to control all nature. And when uh, Adam's redeemed back again to God the way he should be and have faith in God, he'll do it again, too. Amen. Because it lays in Adam's hands. Christ was that link that linked man together. Then when I see when sin come, we won't go into that in detail. I have my belief where it come from. You can have yours. But as soon as they realized they had sinned, they'd separated themselves from God, they had went in behind there. We had fig leaves on to make them aprons, and they realized that that fig leaf religion didn't work when it comes to meet God. So a man today with a self-made religion find out it won't work. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from all sins and to make us a new creature. Then I see there. Then as they, they walked out, tried to come out, they found out when they had to come face that they couldn't do it. God said, Who told you you were naked? And then they began to pass it one to the other, and the woman thou givest me, and, and the serpent beguiled me. But God went out and got some skins. He must have killed some sheep, an innocent substitute. Throwed it in there, and they wrapped these sheepskins around them, and here they come out to face God. Now I can see him standing there, and Adam with that great manly shoulders, the blood, all them them sheepskins running down his legs. I see Eve standing there on her beautiful farm, and all this blood running over now. Adam a-crying, Eve a-crying, mixing with tears as it run down their bosoms like that. Eve leaning over on his shoulder, and God depart out of my presence. He couldn't stand it. But when his children went to walk away, let's take a little drama here for a minute. I can hear something going like this. What is it? It's the old bloody sheepskins beating against Adam's big manly legs as he went walking out of the presence of God. God couldn't stand it. All that great eternity there come down to four letters, L-O-V-E, God so loved. He couldn't see his children go out in that kind of a condition, separating from him. He stopped and said, wait a minute, I'll put image between your seed and the serpent seed, promising a savior, let's turn our camera now, 4,000 years later, there's a great carrying on in Jerusalem, we're sitting in a building, saying, and we say, what is all that noise about? Where did it come from? Look out, somebody said, well, there's a holy roller out there, they're going to crucify him this morning, he's done nothing but just tear up the churches around here and everything. So they're going to crucify him. Let's go at the window and look out. There comes a man down the street over them cobblestones, dragging an old rugged cross. He's got a garment on, you out without seeing. As he starts up Golgotha yonder, I begin to look on his back and I see little red spots all over his coat. I say, What are those red spots? I keep watching As he goes, the spot gets bigger, bigger, bigger. Now they all run into one great big bloody spot. Now I hear something going. <coughs> What is it? The second Adam, the Redeemer, going out of the Calvary, bearing away the the Lamb of God taking the sin of the world up into the Calvary. The most pathetic picture was ever pictured. How could a sinner look in the face of that and remain a sinner? It's more than I can tell you. Out of there come two children, one Cain and one Abel. Both of them were men, and Cain was a long ways from being an atheist. Cain was a believer. Now, we want to see where these two spirits, we can't deal all the cults and everything, but let's deal on fundamentalism and full gospel this afternoon. And take these two spirits and bring it out of Genesis. And you stick with me just for a little bit and pray for me now. Now, here comes Cain and Abel. They're both brothers from the same mother. And here they come out, and after they're out of the Garden of Eden, they both realize that they have sinned. And both of them are trying to find favor with Jehovah God again. Now, they both are believers. Notice, now this may scorch just a little bit. And it might hurt. But, brother, if it hurts, you take it, just sit still a minute, then you examine it by the Word of God. My, when we was raised little boys, we were so poor, I never will forget, we had a big old cedar tub, and Mom would heat the water in a tea kettle and pour it in there, and every Saturday night we got a bath once a week, and a dose of castor oil. And I tell you, I've taken so much of it, I can't even stand to smell it today. And I'd come up take my nose, I'd hold my nose like this, I'd say, Mama, it makes me so sick I can't even stand it. She said, If it don't make you sick, it don't do you any good. So you apply that this afternoon the same way. It don't kind of stir you up a little, it might not do you any good. Now, notice, just hold your nose and swallow, it'll do good. Now in there, these two boys, one of them Cain and one Abel, both of them were believers. Yes, sir, both of them believed in God. And if faith and belief in God is all God requires? Then if God condemned Cain and accepted Abel, and both of them believers, God's unjust then. That's right. Yes, sir. Because both of them were believers. You hear some people say today, the only thing you have to do is to believe. That's just to begin. Someone said, Brother Branham, what? Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. That's true. Abraham believed, but God gave him the seal of circumcision as a testimony that he had confirmed his faith. And today a man can believe unto God for eternal life, and he gives him the Holy Ghost as a circumcision, as a confirmation of his faith. That's right. For Ephesians 4 30 it says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. That's a pretty strong doctrine for a Baptist, but I told you I'm one Baptist who got the Holy Ghost, but I'm a Holy Ghost Baptist now. Notice this in the Genesis, then I can see both boys wanting to find favor with God. Now, Cain's not a communist. Neither is he an unbeliever. He's a believer and a worshiper of God. Now, that's starting now. I'm going to use these two microphones here this afternoon as the two trees. Both boys just say, this is Abel. That's Cain. Both boys come up to God at the east side of the garden, I suppose, because it the east of Eden where the servant was there, the servant with his sword flaming to keep the people from the tree of life. And as these two boys come up, they both come up to worship God, both of them. Is that right, Bible scholars? Both boys came to worship. And both of them build an altar. That would be a church. If God is satisfied and all it takes to belong, if you belong to church and a believer and belong to church, you think that that's what God's satisfied with, watch just a minute. Not only that, but both boys offered a sacrifice. Is that right? Both boys, then if being a believer, a confessor, and a church member, and making sacrifice, if that's all the experience you've got, you haven't got anywhere yet. Right. Now, you may be very fundamental, but that don't mean a thing. If you don't go on with it. Now, he belonged to church. He is a confessor. He believed on God. He wasn't a hypocrite. He believed God. He worshiped God. And he belonged to church, an altar. He brought a sacrifice and offered and knelt down and prayed and made his confession. Brother, if that ain't a good church member of this day, I don't know where one's at. But that wasn't it. Abel done the same thing. But why did God receive Abel and condemn Cain? Because that Abel had recompense unto the reward. Because Abel had a spiritual revelation, a spiritual revelation of the will of God. And Christians, except you receive a spiritual revelation, you'll always call these people holy rollers. That's right. Unless you can have... Look, the whole church of the living God is built upon spiritual revelations of the Word. Jesus coming down off the mountain said, Who does man say I am? Some said, you're this and that and the prophet and so forth. He said, but who do you say?" Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed art thou, Simon of for some seminary hasn't taught you this. That's right. But my Father, which is in heaven, and upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's right. showed the whole gates of hell would be against it, but it wouldn't prevail. Spiritual reveal truth in the phenomenon. That's the reason people look and try to be so fundamental with the word today can't understand great signs and wonders, because it hasn't been revealed to man yet. It is being now, there, when the, and there Abel offered his sacrifice, and then we see there coming up in the beginning two spirits, one on Abel, one on Cain, both of them religious, both of them with altars, both of them confessing, both of them believing on God. But one had vision, the other did not. Now, God takes his man, but never his spirit. He took Elijah. But the spirit of Elijah come upon Elisha, then it come upon John the Baptist, and promised again in the last days. He's taken his son, Christ Jesus, the Holy Ghost come back and been with the church ever since. Man go, man go, but the spirit will remain yours till Jesus comes. That's right. The devil takes his man, but never the spirit. It come upon Cain, it come all down to the ages and the Pharisees and plumb down into this day and religious teachers. This ain't blanky milk. Look, my brothers, there's Cain, ju- if we're going to say fundamental, Cain was just as fundamental as Abel was. If believing on God, worshiping God, belonging to church, making sacrifice, he was just as fundamental in his belief as Abel was. But Abel had a vision from the Lord. It was spiritual revealed truth that it wasn't apples that brought him out of the Garden of Eden. Certainly it was. It was blood that brought him from the Garden of Eden, life, raised in the bloodstream, not in apples. And he had a recompense to it. He believed God because God had revealed it to him. And notice, that religious spirit become angry with this religious spirit and persecuted him and absolutely slew him. Is that right? I'll begin to feel religious. Look. Brother, you know, bad to shout, too, sometimes when you get the Holy Ghost. Notice, on this, watch them two spirits, of those boys, watch it come up through. We could take it, if we had time, all afternoon, through the different places, look in the ark. We'd come on, animals, just the same way, there was the crow, there was the dove. The crow could fly just as far as the dove, he could make just as many maneuvers in the air as the dove could, but turn them loose. The crow could eat dead things, but the dove didn't have any gall, she couldn't digest it. So is every believer in Jesus Christ, you can't poke that old dead religion down them. They're, they ain't got no gall to the desert. They live on the spiritual reveal truth of living God. They just can't do it. Esau and Jacob. Why, Esau was a more of a gentleman looking than Jacob was, but Jacob had recompense to the reward. He believed in that birthright and he held on to it regardless. There you are. We can take Israel. When Israel was coming up, look at these two vines now. I'm bringing them from Genesis. And as they go up, now Christians here, there's many Lutherans sitting here, Baptists, don't condemn their people. They, they lived in their age. Jesus said, every word of God is a seed. Is that right? A soul went forth, sowing seed. He said, I, the Son of Man, have sowed the seed, and the seed's the word of God. And every time you see this Bible say anything, it's a seed. It is absolutely, and we are sowed with the incorruptible seed of God, and if a man will take any divine promise of God in his heart and what it with faith, it'll produce just exactly what it said it would do. Amen. Don't care what it is. Just take God's promise in your heart and there. Now, if you plant the seed and go out every morning and dig it up and say, see if it's growing. It'll never grow. Commit it to God and leave it there. Amen. Know that it's so. When the corn first comes up, the farmer looks at that stalk of corn. He said, oh, isn't that wonderful? It's got the first two little shoots on it. It's marvelous. That was the Lutheran church. The Lutheran church stayed there. Right out of there come the Methodist church. The next two shoots of corn come up. The Lutheran begin to wither. Methodist was the day. Out of Methodist come Pentecost. And then leaves begin to drop down, but they're still part of the corn. It takes it all to make the salt. We're going on in now. Pentecost is becoming foreign and different and dried up, but the shoot's going out right on up just the same. She's going out right on into the sea crop as certain as anything. But in the resurrection, the elect out of every one of them will be resurrected. Uh, paint that grain of corn off of it, and it will produce a earth salt just exactly like come up in the beginning. Amen. Amen. So don't worry about grandmother who died 40 years ago. If she walked in all the light she had, she'll be in the resurrection. Amen. That's right. I will restore, saith the Lord. Truly. Notice, in these great. here come Moses with the children of Israel. And now they was a bunch that come out of the wilderness or come out into the wilderness when they crossed over the Red Sea. They wasn't wanted down in Egypt. And they were brought out. God opened up the Red Sea and made a way. And Moses and the children of Israel crossed over because they had been circumcised. But the uncircumcised, trying to impersonate him, drowned it in the sea. Then Moses, a bunch of holy rulers. Yes, they was. They sure was holy rulers what they call it today. Look, when they crossed over and the great miracle-working God in their midst had performed the miracle, Moses stood and sang in the Spirit. Miriam grabbed the tambourine and went out of the bank beating that tambourine, dancing in the Spirit. The daughters of Israel followed it beating tambourines. If that ain't a Holy Ghost meeting, I've never seen one in my life. That's
1: right.
0: Singing in the Spirit, dancing in the Spirit. An old-fashioned Holy Ghost meeting.
1: Amen.
0: There comes this seed coming here. You see it? Coming out on the valley abel. That's right. Always on the side of miracles. Always on the side when the living gods among people's times and wonders and miracles take place. Amen. Amen. They have the dead forms they've always had it. they got us today and will remain with it. But here goes the church of the living God. Amen. Amen. Notice, my brothers, sisters, as they went on, Moses in the wilderness, they had to pass through the land to get to the promised land, the land of Moab. Now, Moab comes sprung out of the, uh, from the, Lot's daughters' children from their fathers, illegitimate to start with. <laughs> All right. And when they did that, now they was a great nation. Now, this may scorch just a little bit, my brothers, but hold tight. Israel was inner denomination. They dwelt in tents. They didn't have a nation of their own. They were tent dwellers. I'm glad to be a tent dweller today with the Lord Jesus Christ on the same stalk. There wasn't a denomination. And there was more of a great denomination, fundamental in doctrine. Yes, sir. They had a prophet over there by the name of Balaam. They was all fixed up right. And so when Israel, their brother, the little inner denomination, was going to pass through the land, they said, Never, we'll not let that bunch of holy rollers come through here. We'll stop that. (laughs) Yes, sir. We'll put a stop to that. So they went out and got that prophet and him half mad to begin with. And God spoke in tongues to him, to a mule, to stop him. Surely we got as much junction as the mules got. That's right. So here the mule turned around and rebuked that prophet. And still, he said, I don't care about your speaking in tongues. He was going on anyhow, money crazy. He wanted to get down there and get hooked up with the big fellows. And when he come down there to curse this Israel, could you imagine one brother cursing the other and trying to? Why was it? Now, watch him. He's just as fundamental in his doctrine as Cain was or as any fundamentalist of today. He was religious. They didn't worship an idol God. They worshiped the Lord God of heaven, the Mormonites said. They come down there. Balaam said, Go build me seven altars, God's number of professions. Seven altars. And upon each one of these altars, you put a clean sacrifice. Just the same thing that is offering down there in Israel. Notice, also put a ram signifying the coming of the Lord Jesus. Look at the order now. Look how fundamental this fellow was. He put an altar, seven of them, right down there in Israel with that bunch of holy rollers. They had seven altars. Right here they had seven altars. Down there they had seven bullocks. Here they had seven bullocks. Down there they had seven rams. Here they had seven rams. Both of them confessing to the same God. If God only requires being fundamental in teachings and so forth, they were just as just as Israel was. What was the difference? What made the difference? They had the form, and Israel was vindicated by God with signs and wonders. They had a pillar of fire following them. That thing there, (laughs) the pillar of fire. They had the brass serpent. They had divine healing programs. They had the powers and wonders and signs and miracles among them. They were fundamental, too. But they were fundamental, and these were fundamental plus. Both of them were fundamental, but God was vindicating this group with signs and wonders. He's always done it. He's doing it today. That's the reason I come out of the Baptist Church to be a holy roller. Exactly. I've seen the signs. I've seen God doing it. Nothing against the Baptist Church. Truly, I've seen that there. And here they was, offering the same gift, same sacrifice. Same kind of prayer to the same God. But God was reconciling this bunch from the seed of Abel and refused that seed of Cain. So both of them fundamental. So you say, oh, my, my pastor, he's very fundamental. He just come out of cemetery, uh, seminary, both the same thing. That's right. I always felt sorry for a seminary preacher, just like an incubator chicken. It chirp, 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 and ain't got no mammy to go to. That's about the way some of these incubators, it turns out like that. Church, 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 and know no more about God than a hot and top knows about a kitchen knife. That's right. I don't mean that for any plan, but there. We need neonology instead of knowing theology today. We need an old fashioned, God sent Holy Ghost revival. Tap,
1: sin, and root it up.
0: Amen. Go to call me a holy roller anyhow. I might as well get started now. Look, my brother, listen to this. Both of them were fundamental, but God recognized this and proved that He was with them by signs and wonders. He's doing the same thing today. That's right. Fundamental? Sure it was. Strike on to them as find as they're fundamental, or are not sure they know what they're talking about. But God was vindicating this bunch. But this was kind of a low-down bunch, they wanted to call them. The dirty things that they had done. That's the same thing the fundamentals try to poke onto the holy rollers today. But the same thing that Balaam failed to see is the same thing those teachers fail to see today. They failed to see that smitten rock. They failed to see that pillar of fire. That's right, making an appointment for them and vindicating them with signs and wonders and miracles. That's why they, say they fail to see the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They're always pointing on this Pentecostal preacher right away to somebody's wife and all that. They have the same thing in their ranks, Only they're political enough to keep it covered up. But brother, right amongst these holy rulers, they may have their ups and downs. But let me tell you, fundamentally, so they've they got the shout of a king among them. There's a living God among them, resurrected, showing signs and wonders. God's church moving on from glory unto glory. Amen. Amen means so be it. I believe it. Here we see them coming. Now, he goes around, he gets a lot of dignitary around him. He will gets all the princes, all the doctors of divinity and the archbishops and all of them. Bring them around their great fundamental doctrine you sacrifice, offered up just as true as a book could read it. That's right. They were just as true on the Word as the Word could be. So are the fundamental teachings today. They say, I believe the death, burial, resurrection, the ascension, the coming again of the Lord Jesus. That's fundamental. What is for his signs and wonders? all His holy roars, speaking in tongues and divine healing, away with it. Brother, that's God among these people vindicating His resurrection. And His church, where did that to begin at? Oh, spirits begin in Eden. They're coming up. The tr- ah, the vines are coming up, moving on up as they go up. You'll be above the clouds after a while. That's right. Jesus will come. Notice, Adam. The two spirits are close to, feel, to see the very elect if possible. No. only way the spirit-filled people know the spirit. That's the difference. Fundamentally, both lies. Right. Notice, here they begin to grow up. These two vines come out of Genesis. Now, here comes more he offers all these of sacrifices. He puts the seven bullocks, the seven rams, and he stands around the smoldering fire with their prayers, looking to God, saying, God, get those holy rollers out of the land. They're causing too much trouble around here. They're breaking up our associations. Oh, my! Stop them if you can. You can't do it. God has ordained that He'll do it. They're bound for the promised land.
1: Hallelujah. God's promises are going
0: over. Here they are, going right on up, climbing up. And he goes over there. He gets a great fundamental teacher there, and he comes down, makes his sacrifice. He said, now I'm going to meet God. When God, And look at the hypocritical way they were doing. They said, now he only showed him the utmost parts of Israel, the back part, the lowest part, the littlest part." Now I wonder today if them people are talking to you and saying, these bunch of Pentecostal people, look what they did. Look what they did. They're just showing you the utmost parts. They're showing you the bad part, but they got Jesus Christ among them with signs and wonders also. God vindicating that he's with them. Upmost part. So Israel was down there in the valley, a little bit of scattered bunch, out on the prairie. So then the first thing you know, they go up and say, now look here, we're a great fine nation. We believe in you. We believe in your word, your doctrine. So now we ask you to curse that bunch of people, drive them away, stop them. Don't let them have any more meetings down there. All oh, that noise and carrying on and screaming and singing in the spirit and beating tambourines, oh, it makes me sick. That spirit ain't dead. That man's dead, but still another man. This spirit ain't dead either, and it's still on man, moving right on towards glory. That's right. Them trying to block the way all the time. So then the first thing you know, watch what takes place now as we look. Here went the prophet, went forth. God met him out there. Said, you go back and don't you say nothing what I put in your mouth. He goes back instead of saying God seen him from the utmost part, he said, I beheld him from the hilltop, and I don't conceive any iniquity in Jacob. Amen. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. He watches you. And as long as you're in Christ Jesus with the power of God moving through you, why do you care what the world says? God's beholding you through Jesus Christ your confession, and not through the eyes of the world. How that spirit moves on. Quickly, just a minute. As they moved on, the Spirit began to move, come on out into those Pharisees, along comes Jesus Christ. Those Pharisees, just as fundamental as they could be, they stood on the doctrine of the prophets, on the laws, and so forth. Here comes Jesus tearing up their churches. Oh, my! He was giving them a rough way to go. They said, such an idea, away with such a man. They were worshiping Jehovah. So were they. What? God vindicated Jesus Christ for signs and wonders that he had the truth. Acts 2, Peter said, You men of Israel, said, this Jesus God has vindicated before you and approved of you, a man that God was with by signs and wonders and miracles which he done in your midst. Peter told those Jews, said, Can't you see this is that same line out of Eden, Yonder? Can't you see God was with Him by signs and wonders and miracles which He did in yourself as a witness? Why well, He say we are priests? We're religious. We love the Jehovah. And we got the law. He said, I know that, but can't you see who God was vindicating? Well, we know that fellow was an illegitimate child. Don't you see? God was vindicating him. They just don't understand, that's all. Amen. God proving this was his body going on. After he went away, the the disciples did the same thing he did. And the great Saint Paul, the apostle, said it in the last days. in Timothy 3 man would be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, truth false accusers, incontinent, and despisers of those that are good. You say, Brother man, that was communist. Oh, no, that was fundamentalist. Uh, yes,
1: sir.
0: That was fundamentalist. Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the signs thereof. Amen. <laughs> hey, from such, turn away. The Holy Ghost of the house. I feel twice my size now. Look! God, he for longer and spoke it to Paul that the fundamentalists in the last days would be very fundamental having all kinds of forms of godliness but would be denying the power thereof. The power of the Holy Ghost to show signs and wonders in the camp of God. Then don't you lose that. When you do, you're going to lose God as sure as the world. Stay with that. And fundamentalists, if you're here today, jump off that tree over here as quick as you can.
1: That's
0: right. Oh, my. How wonderful. Now we're living in the last days. Here's some time ago I was up in British Columbia. i hunting. And notice, I was, got chasing an old grizzly bear. And I wanted to get some pictures of him. And he didn't like me very well. I didn't want to shoot the old fellow, but I just wanted some pictures of him. And I got fooling with him, and he got me off the track. I got lost. That night, if you haven't got the sixth instinct, why, you better know your road, and there's no road. <laughs> Way back was 1,100 miles from a hardtop road. So we was back in the wilderness about two years ago. Now I was coming up, got dark, clouds was kind of heavy, and after a while they moved off, and I was driving through an old burnover. I don't know how many knows what a burnover is. It's where the fires went through and burnt the trees all blistered and everything. On the side of the hill, and the moon was shining down. And I'm telling you, the wind got to blow, and as those clouds went away, that moon shining on those old big old tall, stately trees there is the spookiest looking place I ever seen in my life. Look like old tombstones. And I thought I hooked my heart or so tied in there, I got off and I thought, Say, what's this? And after a while the wind would blow. You hit that big old stately tall birch trees, old bark on them, you'd go, mm. And I thought, Oh my, what a spooky looking place. And I thought, well, what's this? After a while, the wind would blow again, and they'd go, mmm. I thought, well, I don't understand this, Lord. What do you want me to stop here for? I felt like shouting, but I didn't know why I wanted to shout. I thought, what would you want me to shout here in this graveyard for? These big old trees, once were great big trees, but now there ain't nothing. And they ain't even got no bark on them. And I thought, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. One time, this is like big churches. I see where Joel said, what the palm worm has left the caterpillar eating, what the caterpillar left the locust eating. What the Methodist left? The is eaten. What the is left? The Pentecost eaten. What's happened to the tree of soil? Dead. That's what's the matter. Hasn't got no life in it. That's true. when God sends a great big mighty Russian wind on these great big old coal farm or churches, these big tombstones. The only thing to do is moan and groan. Mm. Days of miracles have passed. Mm. Ain't no such thing as divine healing. Mm. they a bunch of holy orders. Ain't nothing to that. Mm. There are trees all right. their are churches all right, but they're dead. Eight big old tombstones, and that's all there is to us. Dead, formal religion. God deliver us from such. Hallelujah. That wind had come again like a rushing, mighty wind from the heavens. It'd come down through them old trees. Couldn't be in. They were just dead. See, that's where the Holy Ghost hits through these old churches and things. Pentecost, too. Say, mmm. Oh, the Presbyters would put us out if we had a revival there. Ooh. Mm, spooky. <laughs> yes help us. Life's been burnt out. Creeds and denominations. Everything else has burnt the tree of God down. I thought, what a spooky place. Days of miracles have passed. Oh, we don't believe it. And the Holy Ghost pouring right down to the building. Yes. I thought, Lord, what does all this mean? I thought, that's what Joel sees. He's seen all those trees eat up, the vines of God eat up. What the palmerworm worm left, the caterpillar eating what the caterpillar left, the locust eating. All eat it down, it's dead. The three old farm is still standing there. Like you said, they'd have a farm of godliness. And I said, it's still standing there, well, but what's going to be? But you said, I will restore it, says God. I well, thought, what are you sending that wind for? Then I happened to notice, coming up under the undergrowth, comes the little trees about that high. The same kind of trees, only we knew they had bark on them, they had leaves on them, they had life in them. Every time the wind would hit them, they'd just go back and forth. I said, that's it. I will restore, saith the Lord. I will restore all the days that the caterpillar was. I'll restore all the blessings the Luther had, the Baptist had, the Methodist had. I will restore, saith the Lord. A tree that won't stand stiff, but when the Holy Ghost falls, they're flexible. Jessica. We might be green, but we're flexible, brother. Hallelujah. That's one thing about it. We may not be doctors of divinity and have all the theology, but we're green enough to bend to the power of God and join us Real good old fashioned Holy Ghost meeting is what we need today, brother, more than anything
1: else in the world.
0: Amen. Amen. I thought, Lord, truly... You will restore, saith the Lord. I thought, well, what he shaking them for? The Lord said to me, you see, if I shake them, it loosens them up at the roots so they can reach down and get a better hope. <laughs> Amen. That's the way an old-fashioned revival is. We'll reach down and get a better hope. Step off of that old coal farm or creed over here and get over here on the vine of the Lord and go to eating the fruits and grapes off the vine of the Lord. Amen. I will restore, saith the Lord. I will restore, restore all oh, the beauty that she was at one time. I will restore the same church that I had at Pentecost. I will restore the gifts of the Spirit. I will restore signs and wonders. I will restore speaking in tongues. I will restore the prophets. I will restore all, saith the Lord. And she's coming out of the little tree, going down up into the kingdom of the living God.
1: Hallelujah. Let us stand and give him praise. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank thee today for our restoring power. And may the Holy Ghost now take this meeting into your hands and to his passion. Oh, the Lord Jesus Christ come and